This episode of Effort Radio is brought to you by Croissant. This is for all of you out there who have ever experienced the struggle of working out of a crowded coffee shop. With Croissant, you can instead work from the hottest co-working spaces in your city with one membership. Check out GetCroissant.com and sign up instantly for $20 off with promo code WARN. From WARN and NYC, it's Effort, a show based on our live storytelling series where female leaders and entrepreneurs share raw and personal stories of challenges they've overcome in their careers and what they learned in the hustle to achieve success. We're WARN. We plot with other women-owned businesses to take over the world. <laughs> We're actually an admission-based creative agency that works directly with female-run companies, campaigns, and products because we know that when women succeed, everyone succeeds. And we went to an alley with $10,000 in cash and a lot of blank cups. And that was the beginning of internet marketing that no one speaks of. Hey everyone, it's great to be back with you on another episode of Effort Radio. I'm Nicole Corbett, CEO of Warren. Today I'm really excited to share with you a story by Gail Troberman. She's the Chief Marketing Officer of iHeartMedia. Gail is an incredibly brilliant marketer, and she's loved and respected by everyone in her industry. To tell you a little bit about Gail's background, in addition to being the Chief Marketing Officer at iHeart, she's also the Executive Vice President and has been since 2014. Before that, she was the Chief Creative Officer at Microsoft for 16 years, and she's an early internet pioneer, creating some of the first online ads for huge consumer brands. We're gonna hear a story from Gail today about how she's found success throughout her career despite really never having a plan. Here's Gail. All right, um, this was hard. Nicole, as always, challenged me um, to not do my usual like thing and actually think, which is what I think is kind of on brand. If I were writing your brand, you'd be a thinker uh, in all the right ways. Um, so uh, I'm gonna tell you a little story I call how Bob Pittman became my most unlikely therapist. Anyone know who Bob Pittman is? Uh, he's my boss. Uh, he's also this crazy genius visionary CEO dude. He founded MTV when he was 24, probably what he's most famous for. And he was CEO of a bunch of other things, little companies like AOL and Six Flags and Century 21 and shit. So anyway, he's he's kind of badass dude and he became my therapist. But, um, but that's kind of the end of the story. And uh, it's a couple of things you need to know about my uh, kind of trajectory towards that therapy session that changed my life. Uh, first, um, I, uh, I'm kind of lucky. Um, I know, like, I speak to people sometimes and panels and stuff and industry stuff and people are like, how did you do this and what was your plan? And secret, never had a plan. <laughs> Still don't have a plan. Um, the word I kind of use here is stumble. Um, most of my life has been about stumbling and stumbling in good ways and stumbling in bad ways, but stumbling and falling and getting up and finding out where you were. So we're gonna stumble through a little bit of the arc that led me to Bob and a lot of therapy that I probably really needed in my professional life at that point. Um, so uh, it all started, I was looking at college applications going, what the hell do I major in? Uh, TV, I like that, okay. TV major. Uh, ooh, I got to focus on something at college. Uh, advertising. I love Bewitched. <laughs> Done. Um, yeah, that's um, yeah how it goes for me. Okay, I should go get a job in 
advertising. Which part of advertising do I like? Mm, creative. I'm gonna be a copywriter. So I went and I interviewed for all these copywriting jobs and because I'm really old, uh, you, you blow your minds. I know it's gonna blow everyone's mind here. Uh, I had to take a typing test. <laughs> typing test. Oh my God. I was like, what is this about, right? And um, anyway, I sucked at that, but I got a job anyway. And I wanted to be a copywriter. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll sit here, you'll answer these people's phones and you'll move around and then, you know, you'll find their like right gig and then we'll like move you into creative or whatever. So sit in the world of De Beers and answer the phones for a bunch of designing women who do beauty fashion PR and there were manicure checks and I was messengering $3 million diamonds to Vogue and I was like, whoa, this is not what I signed up for, stumbled the wrong way. And I was like, okay, I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do and how do I get to creative and shit, I got promoted. And now I'm a PR person. Wow, okay, <laughs> let's do some PR. We'll sell some hush puppies, cool. <laughs> they got me out of the beauty fashion stuff right away. <laughs> I sold deodorants, I sold shoes, all that kind of stuff. And then one day I, uh, I started working on pitches. I like business development, it was really cool. And uh, I was doing a pitch for Microsoft and it's really cool, early Microsoft years. And you know, we worked really hard on it and we lost. And whatever, I go back to my PR gig and you know, I'm not thinking about my career, I'm just kind of stumbling around doing what I do. And, uh, and then all of a sudden I go home one night and I get this phone call at home because we didn't have cell phones because again, I'm old. And, um, and this guy calls me at home, this crazy, smart, weird ass Scottish dude calls me at home and he's just talking to me. And I'm like, who are you? What, where did you get my number? What, what are we talking about? And, and he was like insanely genius. Like, you know those people, right? Like I'm fairly smart. He was crazy genius Scottish dude and he worked at this Microsoft company and he couldn't tell me what he did, but he had a secret project on the internet and he wanted me to come interview for it. I was like, all right, cool. So I went to Seattle, where I'd never been, and I interviewed for a job working on a secret project on the internet, where I'd also never been. <laughs> Okay, crazy, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> and I got it, <laughs> and then I was moving to Seattle. I was like, Sue, hey, you wanna move to Seattle? It'll be awesome. <laughs> and okay, we're going to Seattle, and we're gonna work on the internet at Microsoft, okay. <laughs> and, and then it was a crazy rocket ship, right? It's like, you know, like, Sheryl Sandberg is right. Like, it was like, whoa, like, oh my God, all these people are so smart. Everything I used to get in trouble for at work, they were like, hey, my first review at Microsoft, people, at, at the PR agency, people were like, uh, you were kind of honest with the client, and we kind of need to talk about that, right? And then I get my first review at Microsoft, and it was a sucky review. I was like, what? You know, and they were like, no, no. They're like, you know, I sense you have things to say, and you think I'm really full of shit, and you're not saying it. So here's a sucky review. It's like, what? You want me to be honest? Okay, got it, right? And then it was amazing. And I was like thinking and debating with these smart, insane, crazy people all the time and everything was possible and resources flowed as freely as lattes. It was crazy land. And we were building the internet and nothing had ever been done before and it was all new. There was no language, that it just was all new. I, I, you know, I was like, how do you market a thing called sidewalk.com? Well, it's only in New York and Seattle, so I, I don't know, media, I, you know, we were like, it'd be cool if it were on coffee cups. 
you know? And we did stuff like, you know how we put sidewalk.com on coffee cups? We met a guy who used to make all the coffee cups for every deli before there was a thing called Starbucks. And we went to an alley with $10,000 in cash and a lot of blank cups. And that was the beginning of internet marketing that no one speaks of. Zero data, cash, okay? <laughs> cash in cups, it all started there, trust me. Um, it was an amazing ride and I launched Carpoint and Expedia and Home Advisor and we were number one in every vertical. It was this amazing career and then, you know, and then I was like, oh, wow, how do we make money on this internet at Microsoft? And, you know, and then this crazy woman came along, Joanne Bradford, and she was like, whoa, you're an outsider, you do this advertising thing. She was like, you're smart. She's like, come, she's like, I got a question for you. She's like, one question. I'm like, oh, okay, you're crazy, you're never gonna make it to this company. And she's like, no, one question. What would it take to get a million dollars from Coca-Cola for internet advertising? She's like, I, they don't want Hotmail banners, what do I do? She's like, I know you get it, you get marketing. And I was like, ooh, interesting question, right? And I thought about it a little, I came back, crazy new lady, won't be here very long. I, you know, I, I helped her figure out what I would do and why it wouldn't work and all the other things and did And you know what? Next thing I knew, I had a new gig and I was building the first branded entertainment team on the internet. Except there was no word called branded entertainment. We were just doing crazy stuff brands wanted to do before they could do it on their own. And it was amazing, we built a $100 million business. Stumble, 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 stumble. I never had a plan. And then Joanne laughed and kind of done this brand entertainment thing and I'm like, ooh, maybe I should start thinking about my career. And I was like, hmm, what do I, I have no idea. I never really had a plan. Started thinking about maybe I should have a plan and then the phone rang. It was a CMO at Microsoft and she goes, uh, have you seen those ads? I'm like, mm, yeah, I th yeah, I'm a Mac, I'm a PC. She's like, yeah. She's like, well, we don't like them. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure you don't. And she's like, and this is truth, stumble. She's like, um, I would love to go hire some crazy genius creative in the ad industry who's just badass and knows everything and could come in and change the world. But you know what? They'll never survive the planet Redmond. She's like, so I've been asking around and it sounds like you're the best we have. Would you like to come run advertising for Microsoft? <laughs> Truth, stumble, of course, how could I not take that? Anything I could have come up with in my head, any plan I could have written could not put me at the helm of $2 billion at Microsoft and this crazy array of possibilities. And I got to work with the most genius advertisers and all these insane crazy, Alex Boguski and Rob Riley and Ty Montague and the best creatives in the industry. We we're figuring out the biggest, hardest problems and I'd never made an ad before. <laughs> but I started making a whole bunch of ads in countries all over the world and we found our way towards it. And there were just really smart people asking hard questions, believing things were possible. And we just kept going. And then it got harder. And there was Google and there was Apple and it was a tough time to be a marketer in Redmond. Bill retired and went to save the world and it was a tough time and then my boss, my advocate, this insanely smart woman I was working for, she left and I was like, ooh, I should start thinking about what I do now. And 
She left. I had a new boss. I looked him in the eye. I was like, ooh, we, yeah, you know, we've all been there, right? This is not going to be good for either of us, right? You know those moments, like, this isn't going to work. And I was like, all right, it's finally time, right? I got to make a plan. So my plan was to leave there. That took longer than it should. But that was my first step. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to take some time. I'm going to figure my life out. You know, I'm going to, like, hang. I'm going to chill. I'm going to make plans. That's what we do now. We make plans. And, um, and I started hanging and chilling and trying to figure out what I'm going to do in my life. And the phone rang. And it was a CEO of a giant media agency. Uh, and he basically said, hey, Gail, I know you just fired us. But uh, we've got this big pitch, and we don't have a chance in hell of winning it. So why don't you come run it and do what you would have done that it would have taken to hire us? Just go crazy, because we don't have a chance in hell anyway, so who knows? And I was like, ooh, interesting. Big ego challenge. Um, can only have so many boozy lunches on a Tuesday in Redmond. And, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, the thing that pushed me over the edge to take this job uh, and stumble into this opportunity was um, my next door neighbor at the time was Ben Gibbard. Death cab, love Ben. Um, but he and Zoe had just broken up. And he was home a lot, and I was home a lot, and he was playing three sad notes on the piano all day long. And I was like, oh my God, I have to do something. So uh, Ben Gibbard's breakup actually forced me to take this job. And um, I've never probably really told him that, but maybe he'll see this on the web now. Um, I, no regrets. But um, it wasn't my best stumble, right? Like, it was kind of fun. We jumped into this pitch. We actually, like, we did. We did credibly. We actually won a piece of the business, which was like crazy. And, uh, and then I had a job at a media agency. It's like, ooh, that's math and numbers and strategery. And uh, it's a whole other thing I don't know. And you know what? This was the first time I kind of stumbled into something. And I was like, I'm not crushing this. It's not a rocket ship. I, I don't, this culture coming from Microsoft, like, I grew up, I spent 16 years at Microsoft, and the rules were really different. Like, the only discrimination at Microsoft was how smart you were. Nothing else mattered. And, and it was this, like, company of possibilities. And then I was like, ooh, there's clients and rules and, ah, and all this other stuff that really was foreign to me. And I didn't know my way around. And I didn't do my best work. And I was, like, trying to slog it through for a while. And I, I just looked at my boss one day, and I was like, we're having a one-on-one. -on -one. And I just, like, I had that moment. And I was, like, total spontaneous stumble. And I'm like, I we're going to hate each other really, really soon. I think we got to call it. And he's like, yeah. And we called it. And I left. And I was like, oh, OK. Now it's time to make a plan. So I was making a plan. And uh, it was great, right? You know what the plan would be, right? This wasn't that long ago. It was a couple of years ago. It's like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, right? I got possibilities. I got friends. I got skills. I got experience. We're going to go do some stuff. I had some awesome plans. I started actually making plans for the first time in my life. And then I was hanging out in the Northwest, and we have this killer place up on an island. I'm watching eagles land in the backyard, and I'm making plans on the internet. <laughs> now I know what it is. I know how to work it. And uh, yeah. So, you know, I'm hanging out, making my plans, getting some funding. I'm going to do some, some agency stuff, something in Europe, something here. I guess this is all cool. It's going to be awesome. And the phone rings again. And uh, it's this dude, Bob Pittman. And Bob's like, uh, hey. He's like, uh, 
you know, I know we know each other that well, but uh, I know you're doing some stuff for us. And uh, he's like, uh, I have this crazy idea. He's like, uh, I'm running this company, Clear Channel. And he's like, every time I work into a room, I feel like I'm kind of apologizing for running this company, Clear Channel. Like, the brand doesn't mean anything. And it's, yeah, I don't know. Nobody knows what it is. And he's like, I think I'm going to rename it. I want to call it iHeartMedia. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And, uh, and Bob being Bob, he's like, yeah. He's like, it's interesting, right? And I'm like, it's interesting. Uh, you know. And he's like, so think about it. What are you doing at 5? I'll call you then. And it's like 9 AM. And I'm like, OK, I'm not doing much. I'm watching Eagles Land. I'm drinking some coffee. I'm like, OK, I have the whole frigging day to think about what to do with your brand, because I'm just making plans. So. Uh, so we talked at 5, we talked at 9 the next day, we talked at 5 the next day, we talked, we talked, we talked. Amazing. <coughs> I got on the ride. I was consulting with him while I was making my plans. I actually was doing both. Uh, six weeks later, like, amazing thing, giant corporation. Six weeks later, we changed the company from Clear Channel to iHeartMedia. Now, Steve Ballmer had thrown me out of his office repeatedly for trying to change branding. Uh, it was never his favorite thing. Change was tough. Change in a big company is really tough. None of that wrong. But Bob was just a set of decisions. And we just went through spreadsheets and do that, do that, don't do that, rip that sign down, paint over that, spend money on that. It was just a set of decisions that had to be made, money that had to be spent. And it was amazing to watch. And I was like, that was Microsoft in the beginning. That was when we were small and fast and nimble and everything was possible. And I was like, just watch this and help participate. It was amazing, right? And then we did it. We relaunched the brand. Six weeks later, everything was changed. iHeartMedia existed. We birthed it at the iHeartRadio Music Festival. It was amazing. All the clients were there. All this music, concert. It was an amazing weekend. I was like, whew, that was great. And then Bob was like, okay, what now? I was like, uh, well, I'm starting these agency-like things, and you should be my first client. And he's like, yeah, we could do that. Or you could come work for us. He's like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, no, no, I'm not stumbling. No, no, no. I learned my lesson, right? Like, I have a plan. And my plan is you're going to be my first client, and you're going to overpay me, and it's going to be awesome, and you're going to help me build this company. And he's like, yeah, we could do that. Like, That's possible. He's like, where you can come work for us. And I was like, okay. And again, he's like, so come back in next week and let's talk about it. I'm like, oh, okay. Take a week. You know, I think about it. I'm like, no, I have a plan. And I'm like getting funding. And I'm like, I'm all in on my plan. And it's, I know I go to meet with Bob and I'm like, okay, we're going to lock this in. And he asked me harder questions than I'd asked myself about my plan. Do I really want to be an entrepreneur? Is that who I am? Why am I really doing this? What was I really afraid of? What went well and what didn't in my last gig? Like I realized not only hadn't I really stopped to process Microsoft and all the rocket ships I was on and the rides I'd done and what I'd learned and what I, I knew about myself, I hadn't processed that. I definitely hadn't processed that last gig where I failed, I just moved on. And he worked with me and every week we'd meet for an hour. Kind of like therapy, right? And every week he'd go, so you want to come work for us? And I'd be like, yeah, no. Wow, that was insane. I learned so much about myself. We took apart why I failed, why I was afraid, what I did and didn't want to do. It was amazing. 
It's free therapy. It was incredible. And every week at the end, he'd go, so you want to come work for us? And I'd go, no, I want to consult for you. And I'm starting these things. And we did it for eight weeks, okay? He's not a guy with a lot of spare time. Eight weeks, eight hours each week. And every week, I learned something new about myself. I processed issues I never really paused to process. And then he'd ask me, and I'd go, nope. I, I, I got a plan. This is the time. I'm not stumbling anymore. I have a plan. I'm in control. I'm in charge. And uh, you go, uh, okay. And then the last week, I could tell he was kind of over it. And uh, he was kind of brilliant because it's uh, no offense to anyone who's consulting here because uh, I've done it. But, you know, he's like, okay, let's, let's play through the consulting arc then. If you're serious about it and I can't hire you, that's cool. He's like, I want all of your brain. I'll take part of it if that's all I can get. But, okay, let's just play through how this relationship's going to go, right? That's what we never do. We never play through relationship arcs in the beginning because it'd be depressing. So uh, we went on a depressing relationship arc. And... Um, <laughs> And it went something like this. He's like, oh, we love you right now. We just did all this amazing work, and you're so creative and come to every meeting, and we want all your ideas, and you're so great. And then, like, we're going to six months from now go, I think I heard all your ideas. And eh, we probably don't need her at that meeting. We don't want to pay you more money. And, and, uh, and you can't really affect change from the edge, so you're going to get frustrated with us and be like, we suck, and we're not really ready to change, and we're not really doing everything we said, and we're a sucky client, and we're going to start thinking you're not as smart as we thought we were. Or we already heard all your good stuff. And we'll probably renegotiate for a second year because you're good. I mean, I'm not saying you're not good. And, uh, yeah, we'll do year two, and we'll do it begrudgingly, and you want more money, and we'll feel bad about that, and we'll all get there. And, you know, it's the beginning of the end, and you'll be cheating on us with more and more clients. And, yeah, you know how it goes, right? And then we'll break up, and, you know, we'll probably, you know, if all goes well, we'll say reasonably okay things about each other. And I was like, yeah, that's okay. I want you to be my client. And I, I want that check to start my stuff and get my plan moving. And, you know, and he was like, and I was walking out, and I was so convicted, and I never stayed convicted, right? I kept stumbling and stumbling through my career. And this was the one time I was like, no, I have a plan. I mean, I had two business partners. I had shit lined up. I'm like, I have a plan. And, and he looked at me, and he's so intuitive. And he just looked at me, and he goes, there's something else. There's something you're not saying. He's like, just what is it? There's like, he went through, we went through everything we'd broken down in therapy. And boom, 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 boom. You're afraid of this and da, 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 and that happened. And, and he went through it all and he remembered it all. Every session we'd had. And he goes, what else? And I'm like, yeah, there is, there's one more thing. And I'm like, it sounds stupid. It's totally selfish. I spent the first summer ever on Whidbey Island where we have this house. with My wife, who's a teacher, has the summers off. And we just hung out, and it's sunny till 10, and eagles land in the yard, and it's a frigging amazing, my happiest place on earth. And I spent my first whole summer there, and I want to do one more. And he just looked at me, and he just laughed, and he's like, really? Really? He's like, eight weeks later, that's your issue? <laughs> And I was like, I, I kind of think it is. I didn't know it was. And then I was saying it, and I was like, oh, my God, that was my emotional issue. I, I just hadn't been free ever, right? I'd had jobs since I was 14. I'd never not worked. It was the first time I'd ever really felt freedom. And I think I associated that summer with all of it, that idea of freedom, and just 
being free. And yeah, Whidbey is a great place to be free, but it was all of it. And I just looked at him and I'm like, yeah, I, I think that really is the last hurdle. And he's like, so frigging work from Whidbey in the summers and come work for me. And here I am, I'm the CMO of iHeartMedia. <laughs> and uh, my contract says I work from Whidbey. But um, we'll, we'll see how much time I spend there. As he said to me last May, good luck with that. Uh, so um, my advice to you based on all of that is it's okay to stumble. And when you fall, it's okay to stumble back in. And you know what? Plans usually don't work out. So feel it and go where it feels right and follow people whose values you get and people who get you. But keep stumbling. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to Effort Radio. And hey, if you're going to be in D.C. over Inauguration Weekend, Warren is hosting a mega effort we're calling Effort, A New Manifesto, on January 20th, celebrating women's rights. We're going to have storytellers and a live musical performance by drummer and singer Madame Gandhi, which you heard a few episodes ago. The event is free. To register, go to www.warren.nyc forward slash manifesto to RSVP. Also, if you're looking for a group of ladies to march with the next day on Saturday at the Women's March on Washington, you can come with us. See you there. <laughs>